From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. And we're back in the friendly confines of the studio in living color. If you like the video version, the last two have been audio only uh, because Kurt has been away. Welcome back to Dale Carter's America. New dad, Kurt Wheeler. Here we are. We're back. Yeah. It's a brand new year. It's brand getting, new me. Getting any sleep? Some. Yeah, some. All right. <laughs> All right. Mama and baby okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All no, right. it's, a, it's, been a, it's been a massive uh, blessing. You know, uh, uh, God is good, and, and everyone has been very supportive. We've, we've received a lot of messages and, you know, people reaching out and people coming to visit, and her mom's in town now. So it's just, it's been really great, you know, really uh, appreciative of, of everyone for for their kind words and and uh, thoughts and prayers and and uh, everyone everything's great so we're we're rolling man a lot of good words from uh, the podcast audience out there on on Facebook I saw you know when you put your post up and all that yep uh, good to hear from the uh, podcast audience really good to hear from you anyway uh, so please let us know uh, where you're watching the podcast where you're listening to it so we know which um, mediums are working best for us um kurt tell them all the ways they can get this podcast yeah so uh if you're watching this on video hi uh we're on <laughs> youtube and uh rumble and then uh you can find the audio podcast wherever you can get your podcast spotify apple podcasts everything like that uh i also wanted to say thank you to tracy and dave for filling in the last uh two weeks those were were good episodes dave is a really funny guy i enjoyed that one a lot he's a lot funnier than i remember him yeah <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job and tracy of course did a good yeah, job as yeah. well. but it's good to have every everything back to normal okay yeah. as we go into 2024 which is going to be a huge year brave new year and don't forget to follow us on facebook too no. and I, I will say if you have uh if you have good dad advice comment on on our posts on facebook maybe i'll put up a post you know Give me your dad advice because uh hello i'm right here <laughs> i have four of them okay let's go what's your dad advice? and they all lived to adulthood yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> a couple yeah. of them have procreated on their own there you, you know. go i'll give you i've given you advice over the years yeah. and as as you have questions you can bring them to me okay and if that's not good enough go to bob watson okay. uh, because bob watson is a great dad as well he's a great grandfather too i don't know if he's a great grandfather he's a really good grandfather see i'd like to think i'm a really good grandfather he might be a great grandfather i don't know he's been around for a long time he's been serving folks in eastern jackson county for five decades with their insurance needs in fact if you need a rate quote it's time to call bob watson right now state farm surprisingly great rates and a team on your side at 816-229-7878 auto home life commercial insurance licensed in both kansas and missouri ready to take care of you and your growing family because kurt it won't be long you'll be looking for um car insurance oh god <laughs> for a 16 year old <laughs> i've been there and done that i'm and, not even ready to think about that yet well i'll save that advice for when you need it down the road uh so 2024 is here it is a brave new year there are 307 days left until america can correct the mistake of 2020 and we really need to correct this mistake right because there's still some people out there who are going to pull the lever for joe biden yeah if you can believe it if you can believe it but i mean his support is uh is definitely waning you know the the polls that have come out recently whether we can believe them or not but they're they're definitely have been in trump's favor you know recently so we'll see yeah iowa caucus coming up quick january 15th for that for the republicans it might winnow that field a little bit as we move forward by the way now that we're back on video and i can see myself on the video screen i'm going to take off my glasses for a second and this is a loaded question for you kurt <laughs> Do I look like a senior citizen to you? No, of course not. I mean, I when I came to KFKF, I was younger than you, I think. How old are you? I am 31. Yeah, I was your age when yeah. I came to KFKF back in 1995. And, and I still think I'm that guy. I mean, I still think I'm there. Uh, and yesterday, I was at a major department store, and I'm not going to name them. Um, and they sold me on getting their their credit card. I only have a couple of credit cards. I don't keep a balance. I do what I tell you folks to do. Um, but they sold me on it because they cut what I was buying to the quick. And they said, you know, we have discounts all the time. And then she looks at me and she winks and she goes, by the way, Wednesday is senior citizen day. <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> is it the person behind me? Because it's not me. You're not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I need that on my phone. So there you go. Or were you aiming that at me? I don't know. No, to her. To, to her. her. Fine. Okay. So there you go. Um, a lot to talk about today on the podcast. And I just want the overriding theme of this episode to be, I am not a senior citizen. All right. Yes, I have four grandchildren, but I am not a senior citizen. All right. Have we gotten that across? I think so. I All think right. You made your point. <laughs> I mean, I just turned 60. I don't even get Medicare yet, uh, but but I'm going to, you know, when I do and when I'm approaching that, who I'm going to call, and that's Kirk Doris and Lori Hocker, because they take care of folks who are weaving into that jungle of Medicare. MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. That is their website, and that's what their company is all about. It's, it's taking that tangled web and making it make sense for you in your situation. Uh, and if you can't come to them, they'll come to you. So if you're turning 65 or someone you know is turning 65, you need to call these folks. 816-701-6661. 816-701-6661. Uh, they're on Nolan Road in Independence, 3600 South Nolan road sweet f but again if you need them to come to you or go to a relative you have that's not a problem either they've helped thousands of folks just like you navigate the maze that is medicare and they will help you do the same thing all right we talk a lot about second amendment rights on this podcast and the official firearm of dale carter's america comes from clay como shooters they're on 69 Highway in Clay Como. They're right between I-35 and 435, and they've got everything you need, including the most important thing. And uh, I think you would agree with this, that if you're a gun owner, training is probably the most important thing. Yeah, 100%. And they'll take care of you in that area. So if you got a firearm for Christmas, you know, some people did because we don't know where this country's going and we need to protect ourselves, especially from that sieve that is the southern border. God knows who's coming through that. Claycomo shooters uh, should be on speed dial for you. 816-452-4867. They are on the web at claycomoshooters.com. Com. Okay, I'm going to make a little news here as we start with local politics. Um, the filing deadline for the municipal elections in Missouri was December 6th. It came and went without me filing to run for mayor of Blue Springs again. Um, and I'm okay with that. Man, I, I wrestled with this. I prayed on it. I sought advice. You gave me some advice on it mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I, I sat back and I looked at it. I just want to review, and I know this is kind of a very local story for people in, in Blue Springs, but I was on the city council for nine years, and I knew that when 2020 rolled around, I was going to run for mayor, whether Carson Ross sought a fourth term or not. Everybody in their brother knew I was going to run for mayor in 2020. And one of the other council members who came on the same time I did in 2010, he filed to run anyway. And when we talked about it on the phone, I said, why are you doing that? All we're going to do is split the vote and Carson's going to win. And he said, I know, uh, but I'm young enough. Um, you know, if, if I lose, I'll just run again. And he turned out to be a backstabbing slime bag. And I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't want to give him the uh, benefit of it. Uh, but he, you can check uh, the, the ballot because he's running again. And then two people came to me and asked me to run in 2020 because they didn't want that slime bag to be mayor of Blue Springs. Okay. Two people came to me and asked me to run. And I'll name them. Susan Culpepper was one District 3 council member. And uh, the guy who replaced me, Galen Erickson, in District 1, he's one of my neighbors, came to me and asked me to run. And I thought about it, prayed about it. And then um, they fired the city manager, who I, I really respected. They brought in somebody I didn't know from Lee's Summit. And I thought, you know what, maybe that's a sign. I don't know this guy. I don't know that I could work with him, so maybe I won't do it. And then uh, that guy was horrible. They fired him. And Christine uh, Cates is now the city manager in Blue Springs, who I love and respect quite a bit. And I thought, well, okay, there's a sign. So I am going to run, right? The next thing that happens is Galen Erickson calls me and he says, you know what, I think I'm going to run. I'm like, okay. That's a little strange, and, you know, he's made his decision or whatever. And then Jerry Kaler, also in District 1, has decided he's going to run. So it became, if I ran, it would be four again, like mm -hmm. it was last time. Yeah. And I don't want any part of that. So screw it. You know, uh, the, the first probably 10 years I lived in Blue Springs, it was where I slept, and all of my work was in Kansas City here at the radio station. And then I got 
you know, I got involved in the chamber and the school district, and then I ran for the first of nine years on the city council, blah, 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 blah. And now I think I've come full circle, Kurt. I sleep in Blue Springs, and they can do whatever they want to do, and uh, I'm going to work in Kansas City, and I'm counting down to the day when I can sell my house. Mm. There you go. So I'm out. Deja vu all over again. Yeah. So um, I will spend a lot of time on this podcast. This is important to me. Um, we have set about at least an attempt to get Eastern Jackson County out of Jackson County. I don't know where that stands right now. Um, I haven't heard back uh, on that, you know, from uh, Jeff Coleman. I don't know where that stands right now. But what here's and there's a couple of lawsuits out there, and I've got um, information on that in case you don't know. Um, the first lawsuit from Jackson County residents, class action suit, uh, was thrown out by the Missouri S Supreme Court. So that's done. There is another lawsuit that has been joined by the Attorney General of the state of Missouri, and that is still ongoing. So there's still a chance that we can get some relief on this brutal reassessment that, that just went on. Uh, I mean, probably criminal, right? Yeah. Um, so keep your eye on that if you live in Jackson County. What can we do? Now, this is, you know, if we can't get a petition out there to get out of Jackson County, maybe they'll throw us out. Because the last election, we took some credit for this, by the way. The, the Internet use tax that they tried to get done in Jackson County, um, the city of Kansas City voted for it. It was the overwhelming no votes coming from eastern Jackson County that shot it down. So that's what we can do, right? We can use what we have to shoot down any new revenue or extending existing revenue opportunities for Jackson County. And maybe at some point they'll get so fed up, they'll do what St. Louis did in the 1870s, and they'll throw us out. Yeah, We've talked about that before, certainly just making them sick of us, you know. <laughs> so the next thing that's coming, so you know, is an extension of the three-eighths sales tax for the Royals. Mm. And they're going to use that money to build their new stadium downtown. That's what they want to do. Yeah. But they are so disorganized at the Jackson County Legislature, and a couple of them are dear friends of mine. Um, they're so disorganized, they can't even agree on that. And the April deadline is coming up to put it on the ballot. But I'm telling you, if it gets on the ballot, we vote no. Yeah, yeah. Anything that smells like revenue that's going to be on your ballot coming from Jackson County, vote no. I have like a question, too. I mean, this is sort of hypothetical, you know, but um, and this is not a uh, legal advice because we are on a podcast. But like, hypothetically, what would happen if everyone or a vast majority of people just like didn't pay their property taxes well that's a good question <laughs> i don't know the answer to that but i'm not a lawyer and uh, i'd say the vast majority of people and i'm included in this um our property taxes are baked into our mortgage payment mm -hmm. right so we're not writing a check for our property taxes um, it's basically taken out when you pay your monthly taxes and then the, the mortgage company writes the check for it. If you own your home free and clear, that's a very good question. What would happen? You know, and I'll tell you what, personal property taxes, how many people are driving around this town with expired temp tags? We talk about that all the time. Yeah. They're not paying their personal property taxes. Why the hell should I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just an interesting thought experiment, you know, because, uh, obviously, if one person does it, they're going to come after you and they're going to make you pay or send you to jail or whatever they're going to do. But uh, just as a broader thing, you know, if enough people do something, you know, there's only so much you can do about it. So uh, I don't know. I'm, and you know this about me. I'm kind of a get along with everybody, try and, you know, not make waves. Hard to believe. Sometimes we do make waves on the podcast, but I'm, that's kind of what's baked into my personality. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on when we talk about Donald Trump and what's happening in a couple of states in this country. Maybe it's time that we stop doing that. Maybe it's time that we say, hey, enough is enough. Mm. Right. Enough is enough. And um, the, the attorney general, I heard him on a talk show over the weekend. Um, he's in there trying to get something done for Jackson County. We're on their radar. 
And he says help is coming, but, you know, who knows how long it's going to be. But in the meantime, I'm still going to beat the drum. I, I still think Truman County is a great idea. I think there's enough of us who are pissed off and want out of Jackson County. Uh, but, again, until that time comes, if you see anything, and we're going to talk about it when we see that final ballot for April, if there is a cents sales tax extension on it, I am going to scream at the loudest of my lungs to just vote no. Yeah, yeah. 100 percent i yeah. mean i think you should probably vote no on any increased spending or taxation at this point I yeah mean. vote no and uh, we'll keep you updated as as we go along with that but that's local politics and i know we have some people who watch and listen to the podcast who live outside of this area so we move into another area um with a quote and i'm going to ask you because i'm a history buff um i think you're a history buff too right uh too yeah certainly the next section of the podcast today is a republic if you can keep it. Do you know who said that? Uh, it wasn't Reagan, was it? Oh, no. Well, no. that's way late. Yeah. I think early, early, early. I don't know. Benjamin Franklin. Ah. Yeah. Asked at the time, you know, of the Constitutional Convention, you know, what form of government? Would we be a monarchy? Would we be a republic? What would we be? And Franklin said, a republic if you can keep it. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and I may be one of them now because I'm seeing things in this country that I never thought I would see in the United States of America. In, in Russia, yeah. I mean, th this does not surprise me. Vladimir Putin announces he's going to run for re-election, right? Uh, and as, and which is kind of a joke. Uh, and he has a leading opponent, a dissident, if you will, who has been in Siberia and was recently moved to an Arctic penal colony. That's what they do in Russia. If you oppose Vladimir Putin, you find yourself either on the front lines in Ukraine or you find yourself with this guy down in Antarctica. He's never going to be seen again, right? This is the same guy that's been running against uh, Putin for a while, right? Yeah. Navalny. So they moved him to Siberia, and apparently that wasn't far enough, so they put him in a penal colony in Antarctica. Siberia, man. What a... Rough place. Is it Antarctica or the Arctic Circle? Now I'm confusing uh, myself. Arctic penal colony. It's a very so. cold place. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it's it that very way. Cold he way. is definitely out of there. And then when you think America is so much better, the ideal of the United States of America, I'm reading a, a great book right now called The Rescue of the Constitution. Uh, Brett Baer wrote it. Uh, he's with Fox News. Um, and he's written several history books. And I found myself reading them. They're really good books. And they're written from the perspective of um, a reporter looking at things as they're happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the glossed over American history. He even talks about the fact that, you know, some, some legends about George uh, Washington, like, you know, the cherry tree thing, which was completely bogus. Um, he looks at it and he says, this is what really happened. Okay, the, this is the the sausage that created the United States of America. It was kind of ugly, but what they left us was a beautiful framework. When we started this podcast nearly three years ago, um, we started it with going through the Constitution, breaking it apart piece by piece. And if you don't like the framework that it hangs on, which is wonderful because, you know, it's got checks and balances and all that. There's an amendment process, 27 amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Um, if you don't like it, and if enough of you agree in a democracy, you can change it. That's the beauty of the United States Constitution. Well, in this country, two states now have stepped up to remove Donald Trump from the presidential ballot. Uh, this is not a banana republic that we're talking about. This is not, you know, Nicaragua or, you know, even Russia or someplace like that. The United States of America, two states now, Colorado and Maine, are removing Donald Trump from the ballot. Now, I've said things on this podcast where, you know, I'm not 100% in the bag for Donald Trump. I've told you, if he gets the nomination, of course I'm going to vote for him because of the things he would do to restore what we had before this bozo that's running the place now. I, of course, would vote for him based on policy issues, not the clown car, okay? But taking him off the ballot? Have you people lost your mind? First of all, the Supreme Court's going to have to step in here. 
And this is easy, right? This is nine to nothing easy. Even the the left wing, you know, nut jobs like Sotomayor, they've got to vote for this. Kagan's got to vote for this. What's the we'll, other? We'll one? see. I mean, I I don't know if they've got to vote will, for it. But, yeah. There's nothing in the Constitution that supports this. Well, they're they're, you know, uh, pretense for doing this. This is uh, from NPR. So uh, in Colorado, it was the state supreme court that is uh, trying to remove him from the ballot. They say in this NPR article, they contend that Trump's words and actions on and around the January 6th U.S. Capitol attack violate Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which bars from office anyone who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States, which is obviously bullshit. I mean, he, he didn't engage in, in anything of the sort. Okay, let's back the truck. Uh, but, let's back the truck up here. The 14th Amendment was put into the Constitution to keep people who actually separated from the United States right. from running for office. Right. Second, it does not address the office of President of the United States. I mean, if you really want to get into this, and, and that's your basis, it does not address the presidency of the United States. Third, Donald Trump has not even been charged with anything related to January 6th, mm-hmm. much less indicted, much less convicted. What, what happens to due process? There's a due process clause in the United States Constitution. They're not giving him due process. They're just basically saying, we don't like the guy. We don't like what happened on January 6th. I don't like what happened on January 6th. But, you know, if you really want to cut through it, was that an insurrection? The Capitol building is a public building. Those no. people went into the public building. Did they desecrate it a little bit? Did they take a crap somewhere? Did they, you know, steal something out of Nancy Pelosi's office? Were they bad guys? Yeah, some of and they're going to be punished. Some of them have been punished. Some, but I mean, there was also, you know, I mean, we've been through it a, a million times, but there, there's also tons of video that's come out now of the cops like escorting people through, opening doors for people. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there were some people breaking windows and stuff like that, but there was also some very questionable behavior and very amicable behavior on part of the Capitol Police too. My point. The whole thing is just very fishy. It was not an insurrection. Yeah. No one was trying to overthrow the government of the United States. So if that's your basis for it, you are definitely wrong. And again, there was no, he might have been accused by the left, but there's been no indictment and certainly no conviction in a court. Yeah. So there's no due process here whatsoever. Um, the I'm not sure what the Colorado Supreme Court is. is well, I know they're using the 14th as, as the basis for that. But then you've got this, it wasn't even the Supreme Court in Maine. It was the Secretary of State who just said, eh, we're just going to take him off the ballot. Yeah. So, I mean, where does this descend to? Do reliable red states now take Joe Biden off the ballot? Because I guarantee you, we have problems with Joe Biden. Right. You know, he's totally dropped the ball on the southern border. And when he raised his right hand to defend the Constitution of the United States, it also was defending the borders of the United States, and he has failed miserably. So based on that, do we keep him off the ballot? Of course not. Because, you know, what, what we've talked about on the podcast, I want people to walk into that voting booth in November just like the kid who pisses you off because they did something wrong and you want to hold them by the back of the neck and say, look at what you did. Mm-hmm. And do you have the balls to vote for him again? Some of them will because they're idiots. But do you have the balls to vote for him again? Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Now that one I didn't hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to pick a different one. That's a little too fuzzy. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it makes me think, you know, in, in all of these cases, what they claim that Trump is doing, they're actually doing themselves. I mean, which is worse for quote unquote, our democracy, uh, some people, you know, breaking into and or, you know, meandering around the Capitol for a few hours or people taking off the opposition leader off the ballot in like, states you know what i mean i mean which is which is worse for it's democracy. way worse way worse it's not for even democracy. close <laughs> so like, it's not and again you know it's just so ridiculous if it's a 6-3 decision i'm going to be very disappointed but the united states supreme court is going to have to step in on this you know because it, and this hardens support for donald trump i think it ends up being a net positive for donald trump yeah yeah i mean he couldn't get this kind of publicity yeah it's so. the same thing with like the mugshot you know i mean the the mugshot came out his support went up 
Um, and now this is happening. His support is going to go up because it's 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 undeniable now that he's being politically persecuted and his supporters are being politically persecuted. Uh, it's undeniable. And, and, you know, that's just more evidence and more light on what's actually going on in this country. And, and it's going to bring him more support. When your basis essentially is we don't like this guy and we're, we're going to take him off the ballot. That's just so wrong and so anti-American. Even Democrats out there, reasonable Democrats, and that's the standard here. Reasonable, all right. We can be, we can disagree on on points of policy, but where are the reasonable people? There are reasonable people out there, but this is evidence that the left is pulling us so far off the map. You're not even going to recognize this country if it continues. Yeah, even uh, even CNN, you know, is questioning what's going on. I have a short clip here. Is were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state legislature. Uh, chosen, elected by the legislature, but not democratically <laughs> elected, not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And this hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is, one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff. Is... So (laughs) I just I I saw that and I'm like, I just can't believe it. I know they were they were talking about it and the left was really wanting them to do it. But I didn't think any state would actually have the nads to take him off the ballot. I mean, even people like Nikki Haley, who is running against him, who doesn't think he ought to be the president, wants him on the ballot. And if the American people, you know, who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 want Donald Trump because they want to go back in time to when things were a hell of a lot better in this country, who are you to keep them from making that choice? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Nikki Haley would be would be happy if he wasn't on the ballot because it'd give her a better shot at the nomination. But she knows what's good for her. She knows that, you know, if she were to advocate for that it would be suicide politically so she's obviously not going to say anything of the sort. i'd like to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's an american <laughs> right yeah and yeah. you know would say the same thing about joe biden right don't take joe biden off the ballot we want joe biden on the ballot i want america especially you idiots who voted for him to go back in that booth and and consider everything that's happened since yeah it's a good point all right royal roofing and solar they've got a good point they got the point on my house because they put the roof on my house and they'll do the same thing for you royal roofing and solar if you're ready to turn your home into its own power generator they'll show you how to do that as well 816-540-7057 speaking of joe biden and the train wreck that he's turned our country into our rates continue to climb for electricity and for gas and yet he's out there trying to tell us that you know wind and solar are going to heat your home and uh, you know take care of everything else well solar can take care of your house maybe it can't take care of new york city but it can take care of your house and they'll show you how that will be done 816-540-7057 tax credits grants for small and rural business ag producers too they've got you covered and if you're just like me and you just needed a roof they'll take care of you on that too 816-540-7057 uh tremendous people they are tremendous tremendous and can you do the hand thing too (laughs) that wasn't me (laughs) tremendous people I'll tell you who else is tremendous, and that's Jim Dingman. Jim Dingman runs Funhouse Pizza in Blue Springs and Lee's Summit. He was one of the people really in my ear about running for mayor of Blue Springs, and I know he's disappointed about that, uh, but we've got bigger fish to fry, and that includes getting us the hell out of Jackson County. Uh, but when you're in Jackson County and you're looking for pizza, the place to go is Funhouse Pizza. They're on 7 Highway in Blue Springs, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit. Great pizza piled high with toppings, cold beverages. And if you've got a group that that needs to have a party, whether it's a birthday party, anniversary party, your team needs to have their banquet, Jim Dingman is going to take care of you at Funhouse Pizza in Blue Springs and Lee's Summit. You know, I talk a lot on this podcast, Kurt, about reasonableness. And reasonable people can disagree on some things, 
but come together on other things. Wouldn't you agree on that? Yeah. In fact, they, they talk about that in the Brett Baer book that, that I'm reading about how uh, with our Continental Congress that there were huge disagreements, but they came together on the things that mattered and they birthed this country. So um, Rush Limbaugh used to talk about living in Realville, right? Mm-hmm. Realville. And I think we live in Realville. And I think part of it comes from living in the middle of the country, right? Kansas and Missouri, whichever side of the state line that you live on. If you live in our neighborhood and growing up in Southern Indiana, I feel like I grew up in Realville. It's the extremes on both coasts where you have some problems, but they, they seep into our neck of the woods as well, as well. So as we, we have the battle against insanity going on here in this country, I, I'm curious what you think about this because you're a young father, Kurt, Mm -hmm. um, the Satan club at Olathe Northwest high school. I'm seeing a lot on Facebook about that. People are outraged about it. There will be a Satan club at Olathe Northwest high school. What are your thoughts? Uh, it should be banned completely. I mean, that should not be allowed by any means. Here's my thought on that. I'm not so quick to ban things necessarily. Um, when you think about teenagers and you're not that far removed from being a teenager, didn't you like doing things that pissed off your parents? Were you that kid? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I was that kid. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, every, every, uh, young boy certainly goes through that phase. Yeah. no, No doubt. Not me. I was an angel, and my mother would, I'm would sure. tell you yeah, that. I'm sure. It was my brother who, you know, came home with the door missing from the his car The cameras are rolling, and Dale's an angel. <laughs> and I, yeah. Oh, thank you very much. And I don't look like a senior citizen. Damn it. Um, kids, I think, sometimes like to poke their parents a little bit. Just poke their parents. And that may well be what this thing is about. And of course, they're saying that there's a First Amendment right to do this kind of thing. I'm not crazy about it. I wouldn't want my kid to join it. I just kind of wonder if this is kids going... Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't mean that parents shouldn't have a say in in what their kids are allowed to take part in and and the public should not have a say in what their kids are allowed to take part in. And, you know, I think that the, the whole first amendment thing is, is, uh, it's, it's not quite that simple. You know, there's differences between what should be allowed in the public square and what should not be allowed in the public square. Sure. You can be a Satanist. You're there's not, there shouldn't be any laws against you individually in your private life being a Satanist, but we should absolutely discourage or ban that from from public life you know it was like the the statue that i'm trying to find a picture of it right now but there was the statue uh the satan statue that was up in the state house um here it is (laughs) this was in like the iowa state house or something like that with candles in front yeah and it was just a giant middle finger i mean these people that's what they are they're middle finger yeah they're not real most of them you know i've known a couple in in my own personal life and just from the internet and stuff like that i don't really think these people are very serious for the most part they're not like actual like practicing satanists they just hate christianity they hate traditionalism and they want to you know, stick the middle finger up to society. And then uh, some guy came in and tore it down and chopped the head off of the, the statue. Uh, so that guy's a hero, obviously. But, you know, I, I don't think that we should. These things are not equal. You know, it's not. we And, and we've banned the Bible in public school. You can't have religious clubs in public school. You well, can't, can we have a Bible club? Can we have a Bible? They can't have a Bible club? No, I mean. But they can you, have a Satan if club? You go to, if you go to any public school, I mean, they they. That's like the one you they talk about book banning. You know, that's the one book that's actually banned is the Bible, (laughs) which is like the most important book in human history. And you can't talk about it. You can't, you know, have uh, clubs. You can't have religious ceremonies in in public school. And yet they're going to allow a Satan club. Uh, It just it, it to me, it shows the direction that our society is going, which is not good. And we need to actively fight against that. Uh, in our government and in the public square and as a community. So absolutely, that should not be allowed. Were you in a club in high school? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in marching band. Uh, I was on the JV bowling team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you ready for my geek uh, card here? Yeah. I was in the Latin club. Oh, nice. Because I took three years of Latin in high school. And what we did, you know, I remember we went to like um, – um, Muncie, Indiana. We, we went to the campus of Ball State University, which I thought was really funny because in their, um, you know, their their T-shirt, you know, swag shop or whatever at yeah. Ball State, they sell shirts there that say, or back in the day that that said Testicle Tech, and I thought that was funny. Or Ball U, 
pretty funny stuff. Oh yeah. Anyway, what we did was we put on togas and had like a, you know, a big Roman banquet or whatever. It was all fairly harmless fun. I'm just kind of wondering in my head, if you have a Satan club, what do you do? What are the fun activities that you're doing? Oh God. I don't even want to know. I mean, yeah. And that's the thing, like, like I said before, and I'll just reiterate, you know, I, I don't really think that these people are just trying to be edgy, you know, that of course they are. They're sticking the middle finger up. That's what the point you made was the most valid. They're sticking the middle finger up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're actually, you know, taking this quote unquote religion seriously, which it's not, it's anti-religion. It's the, it's the antithesis of religion. It's literally Satanism. All right. Well, let's move on to the next thing here. Um, the New York city council votes 39 to seven to eliminate solitary confinement in most cases. This came over the veto of the Democrat mayor of New York, Eric Adams, who is a former police captain, 39 to 7 to eliminate solitary confinement. These are the same idiots that are running Kansas City. In fact, it would not shock me if uh, the pharaoh said, wow, there's a hell of an idea. Let's get that going. Um, <laughs> can you imagine this? So so you're a deviant criminal and you're a danger to the other inmates. And it's like, hoo-hoo. well, we can't put you in solitary confinement. That would be too mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some people probably deserve it. So, <laughs> of course, they do. It's about first of all, it's of a safety issue for the other uh, inmates, and yeah, some people deserve to be in solitary confinement. But that won't happen in New York City because the city council there—they're all experts too, by the way. Yeah. Same kinds of idiots who run Kansas City, who have the turnstile going, and then wonder, you know, why we have. A record number of homicides that I'll get to in just a second here, um, but but those are the idiots that are running New York City and running every major city in this country, which is why we're going down the sewer fast. Yeah. It's 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 very yeah. We'll get to that in a second here. I'm assuming New York doesn't have the death penalty either, right? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know for a fact, but I doubt it. A place that does have the death penalty is Texas. Um, and Texas is fed up with the mess of the border. Um, they've, they've launched Operation Lone Star. Lone Star basically empowers... That's the most Texas name ever. I love it, don't you? Greg <laughs> yeah. Abbott. I mean, there's a guy, you know, whoever gets the nomination. If it's Donald Trump, that guy ought to be on his ticket. Can you imagine that? Greg Abbott is vice president of the United States yeah. I mean, with what he's doing in Texas because he's empowered Texas officials to say, hey, you know, if the federal government won't end all of these people coming across the border into our state, we're going to empower our state officials to turn back the tide. I will build a great, great wall. Yeah. Well, he was in the process of doing that when he lost the election, and we see what's happened ever since on that. Um, And the liberal heads, Kurt, are exploding over this. They basically turned Greg Abbott into a war criminal. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, Greg, he continues to send, you know, plane loads of um, illegals up to sanctuary cities because cities like Kansas City is a sanctuary city. It means you illegals can come here. We love you. Oh, wait a minute. There's 100 people on that plane. We can't deal with that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? But we're a sanctuary city. We care. Yeah, there's a, I don't know, we could watch just a second of this, but there was a clip on uh, World News Tonight about it, about them shipping the... Crisis at the border is pushing major cities to the breaking Illegals. point. Overnight, Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered planes to drop off 350 migrants at an airport near Chicago. Migrants. The move is escalating tensions between Abbott and the mayors of several major cities. Here's ABC's Irene Shaw. Tonight, amid the record number Look of migrant crossings along the southern border, three U.S. mayors sounding the alarm, saying their cities are at a breaking point. Just today, Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordering a Boeing 77 plane carrying 350 asylum seekers to arrive in Rockford, Illinois. The passengers immediately bus to Chicago. Abbott, who for months has been busing migrants to so-called sanctuary cities, starting the fights after Chicago officials began impounding the buses used to transport them. Similar scenes in Denver and New York City, where more unannounced buses arrived. Since August of last year, Abbott has sent nearly 30,000 migrants to New York City alone, prompting the three mayors to require bus companies to give advance notice and additional restrictions for dropping passengers off with stiff penalties, saying the current system is harmful. It puts those who have already suffered so much in danger. To be clear, 
This is not stopping. Wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, dangerous New York City. My God. So the the tri- let me get this right. The the trip through Mexico from Guatemala or wherever the fuck up through Mexico, right? Where like a vast majority, like a high, very high percentage of young girls are not treated very well. Let's just say that uh, to keep things, you know, family friendly, relatively. But that's not dangerous. What's dangerous is the bus ride from Texas to New York City. That's dangerous. And here's the other thing. You know, Eagle Pass has about 24,000 population, right? They get that every day. Oh, yeah. It it doubles their population every day. And these people are bitching about 350 people being shipped to Chicago, one of the biggest cities in America. New York, one of the biggest cities in America. And again, they're sanctuary cities, which means they care and they want these people. They said so, right? That's what their policy is. is. Yeah, I mean, look at this. This is just, you know, one day. He's just letting you feel the pain a little bit of what this really is. This is where, you know, what you say meets what really happens. Yeah, and it is it is an issue. You know, I think um, even conservatives, you know, like even probably us, I mean, we see illegal aliens, you know, in our day-to-day lives, but we don't see this, you know. We don't see, no, like, the, not even we don't close. see the massive invasion that's happening, the massive amount of people that are coming across, leaving all kinds of trash and just, you know, not treating the country the way it should be from the moment they come in you know i mean and we don't see that it's these people in these border towns in these border states that are really feeling the brunt of it because they're the ones who are actually you know living this day to day and having to deal with this 307 days 307 days i mean if if you're tired of this if you're sick of it what'd you say no nothing 307 days that's how long we've got to cor- correct this mistake here. Oh, and there was another thing too that I that I wanted to to add to this. Um, you know, so you mentioned some of the the uh, other cities, you know, that have been taking in people or that they're sending people to. Right. Uh, this is the mayor of Boston. This was recently on a podcast. Mayor Wu. Mayor Wu. Yeah, and she's been in hot water recently, which I'll uh, get into in a second. But here's a clip of her talking about quote unquote asylum seekers. Every person, every human being has the legal right to come to the United States and seek asylum or shelter. And um, those policies have been in place for a long time. But when the review of that individual's particular situation and the then decision to allow um, the, the pathway to stay and or work authorization that comes along with that, when that process is so drawn out, people are stuck. They, they are looking to work, looking to contribute, looking to be in a safe democracy where they can raise their families. And um, we at the city level are now dealing with many of the impacts of the processes, having people fall through the cracks at the federal level. So we're so send all the illegals to Boston. I what, think it's a great <laughs> idea. Sure. But uh, and then she was the one that got into hot water because she had uh, she had the no whites party. Yeah, we talked about that we while you were gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Is that the person of color yeah, holiday the, party? They the, didn't call it a Christmas party. It was a holiday party. Yeah, the person of color holiday. That guy look there looks kind of white, mm. but he must he must be like, you know. He's what about a, the, the female on the left at the front? I mean, she's. That's a, a female, I guess. Is that I, what you're talking about? As far as I can <laughs> Who knows what her pronouns are? <laughs> yeah. Or its pronouns. And I, then uh, Michelle Wu, you know, is, is married. Uh, so you can probably guess what color her husband is. Mm. And white. you know, he's ag- white. <laughs> we talked about uh, when Tracy was guesting, you know, in place of you, we talked about the flip side of that. I mean, what if you had the all whites Christmas party? Oh my God. Everybody in that picture's head would explode. Well, let's do it, man. Screw it. I, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just joking, everybody. Right. Just joking. Well, he's not joking. The mayor of Chicago says violence in his city would abate if reparations funding would just pass. Better, stronger. Is that not, there's a word that I I don't use very often, but it just fits this guy. Asinine. Yeah. Asinine. Look it up. In order for us to have a better, stronger, and safer Chicago, it really requires the full force of government. We have stood up an an entire office dedicated to reentry. So individuals who are returning to our communities who have been incarcerated because of failed policies, uh, we'll have a welcoming space for them. I've added a, a half a million dollars for restoration and reparations to address, again, the cycle 
of violence, which looks like school closings, closing of mental health facilities, of which I've invested in now. And so in order for us to build a better, stronger, safer Chicago, it requires investments. And that's what this budget has done. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> first of all, he didn't do anything. Let's let's be clear about that. He didn't do anything. The taxpayers of Chicago are paying for this. Yep. And you know, is that a diminishing number as folks are fleeing cities to get away from stupid ass policies like that? Asinine. Asinine closer to home. Kansas City sets a new homicide record for 2023. In fact, Kurt, when I wrote these notes, it was 184. We had one more. So 185 is the number for 2023 as 45-year-old Terry Anthony was killed. Now, there won't be a lot of, uh, I'm guessing on this, uh, probably not a lot of outrage because it doesn't fall under the mayor's hate crime legislation, which would mean a white person killing a black person. As you know, in this city and in many cities, it's black on black crime. That is the, that's the dirty little secret that's out there that nobody wants to talk about. Um, so are, are reparations the answer here? I, I know Quentin Lucas would love to do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, can, uh, they can't come up with a number. I mean, we've talked about it before. They can't come up with a number that they'd be satisfied with. So. Yeah. So 185 is the homicide record for Kansas City. I was talking to my wife about this, and she's lived here a lot longer than I have. And she said that, you know, in the old days, when we got close to triple digits, people would go, what in the hell is going on here? Yeah. Now we're coming up close to 200, right? Yep. Uh, the old record was 182 set in 2020, and everybody blamed COVID. COVID for that. Uh, well, what are you blaming this on? Uh, well, depends who you ask, I guess. I suppose. So there you go. I mean, we're just throwing stuff out there um, and letting you decide whether we're living in Insaneville or Realville. You know, what is the reasonable path forward? And you're hearing from these big city mayors on what they think the reasonable path forward is. And a, a prosecutor in Kansas City who continues to run the turnstile when we've talked about what you need to do, and that's put harsh penalties on people who commit crimes with guns. Harsh penalties mandatory minimums on people who commit crimes with guns with regardless of you know back in the martin luther king speech regardless of their race creed religion or whatever uh, put the blindfold back on lady justice and if you commit a crime with a gun you go away for a long time in my world if you murder somebody and that's the conviction you get is murder not any extenuating circumstances but you murder somebody with a gun you go to a cell block somewhere and you never see the light of day again if we put some consequences on these things it will abate it will have to at least within a generation right yeah all right okay all right i'm gonna try and take my blood pressure down a little bit because you know we elderly people don't want to get our blood pressure up i do not look like a senior citizen and uh um uh, um, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got 21 years on me. And I, I think if I make it to 81, I'm still going to be in better shape yeah, than Joe I, Biden. I think so, too. Of course, by so. then, he'll be 102 and probably in a box somewhere. Um, Bob Watson, our State Farm agent, he's been taking care of folks in eastern Jackson County and beyond for five decades. His office is at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. You can reach him at 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance, he's got it all. Licensed in Missouri and Kansas. Uh, you see all the great funny commercials. Uh, I wish our chiefs would concentrate more on football than making funny, cute commercials, but they made a lot of them. And they're out there. Um, so when you see the cute commercial for State Farm, I want you to think Bob Watson, 816-229-7878. He doesn't make the cute commercials. We're kind of the cute commercials for Bob, right? That's yeah. what we are. Um, but he'll take care of you. Trust me on that. He's taken care of me for a very long time. Somebody else who will take care of you. And, uh, you know, this isn't a senior citizen issue, by the way. This is a 45 and up thing. You need to get your colonoscopy. Everybody talks about, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions. If you are 45 or older and you have not had a colonoscopy, you need to get with Dr. Mark Taramina at Midwest GI Health and Wellness. They've got one-stop shopping in Lee Summit. In fact, you can get your upper GI at the same time. Uh, they take care of the entire digestive tract. Uh, but colon cancer is real. Colon cancer is a killer. And if you don't catch it early, it will kill you. 
I mean, there's no better reason I can give you than to get your colonoscopy. The old uh, cutoff used to be 50 and older. Now, because of colon cancer uh, being more prevalent in younger ages, they've moved it down to 45. So get your colonoscopy. It could save your life. And get it with Midwest GI Health and Wellness. Uh, their Google rating is 4.9 out of 5 stars. That is the highest in Kansas City. We highly recommend Dr. Mark Taramina and Midwest GI Health and Wellness. They will take care of you. Um, as we leave you today on this episode of the podcast, first of all, it's great to be back again. Uh, I love uh, all the video and the, the audio stuff that we throw in. We really went back to basics where you and I started <laughs> like three years ago. Yeah. In fact, um, when we had Dave Caius and Tracy Moss on, um, we recorded it in the Mix 93 studios, right? Yep. Mix 93.3. And I was using the same microphone that Rocket from Rocket and Teresa uses. Yeah. So I couldn't swear. I heard you talking about I that. I couldn't swear. <laughs> it was almost like I was back you know, with my parents again. And I still, in front of my parents, Kurt, to this day, I can't swear in front of my parents. Yeah. And they don't care. My brother is like, F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. And when I get a swear word that comes up into my throat when I'm around my mom or my stepdad, it stops. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. I mean, maybe I'm afraid they're going to beat me or something, but I am 60 <laughs> years old. Um, you think they could still beat you? Well, my stepfather was a cop, mm. but he's going to be 80, which he reminds everybody when, when he sees them, mm. right? Oh, I'm going to be 80. Don't be 80. <laughs> we got an 81-year-old running the damn country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So I don't know about that. And one of the many disagreements that I have with the Biden administration is their insane, asinine, that's the word of the day, asinine goal of 50% of all new vehicles sold being EV by 2030. Our electric cars and we say this a lot fueled by our shaky mostly coal-fired grid even a good idea probably not america not. <laughs> america thinks is, is not a good idea this is still a free market society right we the consumer are right we don't need the government to tell us what to buy yet that's what they're trying to do and now over a thousand four dealerships over a thousand which is over 50 percent of the four dealerships in this country and most of Americans, too, by the way, are saying, no, thank you. Those dealerships following the demand curve are sticking to gas-powered and hybrid vehicles in 2024. There is a God, right? There is a God. And there is a light at the end of this horrible tunnel. And it is the fact that the American consumer will guide what they want to buy. And they don't want your stupid-ass electric cars. If you want one, you think they're cool, go buy one. It's the free economy. But don't tell me I have to buy one. That's where I come from. 100%. 100%. All right. So I'm going to get in my gas-powered vehicle and drive back to Blue Springs, the town that I just sleep in these days. <laughs> Until next time, as we get closer and closer to what Rush used to call the Hawkeye Cockeye, the Iowa caucuses, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.